Hi everyone, welcome back to Baby Adults with Katie and Matt. I'm Katie. And I'm Matt. And today we are talking about our food journey. Food journey. It is a topic that is, you know, it's a, food is a weird thing because everyone has their own particular relationship to it. And like, not to say anyone is better than another, but they're just so there's so much involved in it yeah it's a very heavy topic it is a heavy topic warning (laughs) this is a heavy topic yeah just as like a little warning we're gonna go in depth a lot about matt's particular food journey and talk about his eating disorder hi and his relationship with food and get into all of that so if you feel like you don't want to listen to that then we recommend you skip this episode we'll be very sad that you do but yes if if it is triggering for you to hear about food or hear about other people's particular predilections towards food that's fine we just wanted to warn you in advance that's what we're talking about today because it's first thing popped into our heads (laughs) we meaning to talk about it for a while yeah and i think it's an important topic to talk about because there's not a lot of people out there talking about this and it's you know, maybe it will help somebody that's maybe going through similar things. Yeah, I'm pretty open talking about it. I've also wanted to talk about it on like a larger format for a long time. For a while, the idea was like to be a nutrition major and like end up using it for good and like helping people get through their eating disorder. But that that didn't happen. Well, it didn't happen yet. So it still could. Still could. Okay. So just to kind of start off, how would you describe your history with food? How would I describe my history with food? That's a very good question. Good interviewer. Thank you. (laughs) I'm going to be interviewing Matt today. She's interviewing me. We'll go back and forth, though. Yeah, I can pop in, too, because my relationship with food has not been the best one either. So if I have things to add, I'll let you know. How was my history with food? I think up until high school, it was very normal. Like It was very much, I just kind of ate whatever. I didn't really think about it. Mom would make most meals like after she made dinner lunch was like a sandwich and it was just kind of regular i never really thought about food prior to high school i think it was just very it was a thing we had and enjoyed but i never really gave it much a second thought mm-hmm. i was like oh great no we're gonna have dinner or we're gonna have dessert at, we always had dessert after dinner like a bowl of ice cream really normal really healthy habits i don't know how my parents instilled that but like they're like we're just gonna build healthy habits of eating to our kids but they did a great job nice okay it was really it's funny like prior to the age of about 15 i have almost nothing to say about food which is so interesting like i can't remember any bad experience i i know my favorite food was broccoli beef still is it's really good mom makes it (laughs) i think you had once i think i had yeah it was good it was really good but yeah prior to that like it was just very very regular nothing out of the ordinary i once lost a tooth eating a bowl of rice krispies (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> wait a bowl of rice krispies yeah. what do you mean well, i was eating a bowl of cereal and the tooth fell out and oh, right. vince the rice krispies did it i thought you meant like a rice krispie treat and i was like what that makes more bowl? sense than rice krispies yeah it yeah. would so okay so when did you start to first realize that maybe you had an eating disorder or when you started to notice that your relationship with food was different than mm. other people when did i first realize i had a weird relationship with food i think so when i was about i've tried to peg down the age over the years it was probably like 15 or so i think a lot of things were happening around then i think that's when i was like junior in high school ish i think the there was a lot of stress with ap classes 
And I think that was feeling a little bit out of control with that. I know lacrosse wasn't going well. I used to play lacrosse. I was a lax bro, everyone. You're all shocked. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't very good at it. Like, I know that wasn't going very well. I wasn't really enjoying it. And I know that I was just, I just felt very stressed about the future and about college and everything at that mm-hmm. time. And I think, like, and it was a couple of concurrent things. At the time, I was also really into this show called Good Eats. Mm-hmm. You watch Good Eats on Food Network ever? It's, it's Alton Brown, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen that show. Yeah, and he's it's all about, like, making food and doing the science of food and yada yada. So a lot of things kind of were happening at once. But I remember two events in particular. Alton Brown had an episode of Good Eats where he talked about his diet. Mm. because he went on a diet at one point. And I don't know when this episode aired. I think I looked up my therapist a couple sessions ago. I think we found out it aired like in 20, like in 2007 or something. I think I saw a rerun of it in 2010. Like right around that time, I watched that episode and it was sort of his view on food. Like he was a guy who loved cooking. And I was like kind of into loving cooking at the time. And he talked about like he gained a bunch of weight and then he really focused on more healthy foods and he talked about nutrient dense foods and he talked about cutting out alcohol and he talked about you know cutting out sweets and like he just he went through his whole meal plan on tv Mm -hmm. and i kind of watched this and i was like oh well i could you know that's that's a good way to do things like he's being healthier i should be healthier when in fact there's nothing wrong with me nor was i eating too much of anything i was just like oh no this is you know, person I really look up to, like, this is something they're doing. I should totally follow suit. Oh, so you saw, like, Elton Brown's on a diet. He's healthy. So, therefore, that's the thing to do is to go on a diet and eat these specific foods that he's recommending. Right. Another thing along with that was around that same time in high school, I was really into movies, and there was a movie coming out with Joseph Gordon-Levitt, who I loved. He was in Inception. He was awesome in it. It was called 50-50. And 50-50 was a movie about a guy who gets cancer who is perfectly healthy. He, like, runs all the time. He's super in shape. Like, he gets cancer of the spine or something wild. And mm. it was built as comedy, first of all. <laughs> it's not a funny movie. It's a dark <laughs> freaking movie. And it's, it was good, but, like, it scarred me for life, genuinely. Because I, I remember, I was like, oh, my God, I could be healthy and I could still just, like, die. And I was Oh, that's terrifying. Out. Oh, I never watched that movie. Okay. Pro tip, we're, nev- we're never going to watch it. Okay, good to know. <laughs> like, we were playing, today we were playing Resident Evil 4, and Katie played it the other day. That game is terrifying. I'd prefer not to be eaten by zombies. <laughs> I prefer my life zombie-free. I feel like that movie haunts me more than any zombie movie ever will. <laughs> oh, no. Without a doubt. But, like, I saw this, and so it's kind of like these two things happen at once. Like, I see this movie, like, okay, you being healthy you can die and then on brown like being more focused towards health combined with the stress of ap classes combined with the stress of like not being great at lacrosse it's just not going very well i think i was like oh my god everything's out of control and i'm hurtling toward the grave and so i think those two things happened four things whatever number of things that is Mm -hmm. and i was like i need to fix this and so i started like counting calories that was kind of the first time i knew something maybe up and how old were you here 15 okay yeah and i would like i would have it was bad it would it, i'd like obsessively think about okay the oatmeal i had this morning like how much is that and then the peanut mm-hmm. butter i had like how much is that sandwich mm-hmm. and i'd start i think when i first i first the answer to your question i first knew when i started reading labels oh yeah and that's when i was like 
Okay. But the, the thing is, like, in the moment, you don't know. Yeah. I guess that's my question is, like, but did you know? Because I think it's so ingrained in our society, too, that it's, like, everybody's on a diet and everybody's reading labels and that's what's normal and that's what you should do. Mm. So, like, did you realize at the time that it was something that was a negative thing or did you just think that that was kind of, like, how life is and how everybody was doing it? I thought that's how life was. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you remember, but, like, I think around the time we were in high school slash, like, end of middle school, do you remember watching TV and, like, the Play 60 ads for Nickelodeon and, like, Michelle Obama was really pushing nutrition in schools and labels of food? Oh. It was a huge movement. I don't remember the labels, but I think I remember that a Um, little bit. Like, Mm -hmm. everyone was freaked out about obesity. Like, when we were growing up, that was the the scourge that was going to kill everyone. Yeah, all the, all the messaging in the media was like, this is how you eat less. This is how you lose weight. Yeah. These are like the diet pills you need. This is like Nutrisystem, like all this stuff. And like every single message in the media was like, you need to be smaller and you need to eat less. Right. And because, you know, to be fair, as scientists would point out, a lot of people were too big because fast food was on the uptick. They had supersized me in the news. Like it was all everywhere. Mm-hmm. It was everywhere. What about you? I've talked. Oh, what? What about me? What? <laughs> what how's, what's, how'd you describe your history with food? Oh, geez. I mean, yeah, I think like, I think like my personal experience is less like my relationship with food and more my relationship with like my body and like my weight. Cause like, I think growing up, I don't know. I think from a very young age, I was aware that like people were different sizes. Like, cause people at school would bring it up. They'd be like, oh, these people weigh more than other people. Mm-hmm. And so like, I think even starting like elementary school, I don't know what age that is, like 10 maybe. Yeah. I was like, oh, I'm like a little bigger than all the other kids. And like, I really wasn't. But it's like, if you're not the smallest kid, you're doing something wrong. Right. And it kind of just like stuck in your head. Yeah. And I think I had friends that were not the nicest to me. And I think I always thought like, oh, it's because I look, I'm not pretty enough or like I'm Mm. not small enough or like whatever. And so I think I always kind of struggled with the way that I looked and I blamed a lot of my issues on that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And yeah. And cause I, I remember like counting calories at a very young age. I think I was like, cause I remember my mom was doing it Okay. and she downloaded the, my fitness pal app Didn't and then all? I downloaded it too. I was like, Oh yeah, I, I want to lose weight. I'm going right. to do that too. And it felt very normal at the time because we were used to seeing all those commercials that were like, this is how you lose weight. And I was like, Oh, this is what I'm supposed to do. And like, this is what's going to help. How old were you? Oh God. Maybe like 12 or 13. Wow. Yeah. Younger than me. Yeah. I don't remember what happened first, but there was one year for Lent. I like gave up meat. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know how long Lent is like 90 days or something like that. And I, I wasn't like trying to diet or anything, but I didn't know how to eat like mm. without eating meat. I would open the fridge and I was like, I can't eat anything in here. So I like, wouldn't. And so kind of without trying, I lost like a bunch of weight in a very short amount of time. And then like all of a sudden everybody was like nicer to me. Really? It was like, yeah. And I don't know if it was like just this idea in my head of when you're smaller, like people are nicer to you. But mm. I kind of associated that. I was like, oh, when I weigh less, people like me more. And so I think that's what kind of triggered this mindset I had of in order to be valuable, like you need to weigh less. Mm. <laughs> I guess I've never really talked about this before. No, I guess you're getting yeah. emotional. It's, it's, yeah. It's okay. It's weird, like talking about it. But I think like I've always noticed that difference that it's like when you're 
smaller in society like people think you're more valuable and that was like instilled in me at a very young age yeah i i could echo that yeah i don't know if it's instilled in me i think it's i instilled it in myself which is a really shameful thing to admit Mm -hmm. i had this just built up in my head and i had these ideas implanted Mm -hmm. by you know you're watching movies and you're reading the internet because they didn't have social media at the time and you're just you're just kind of watching tv and you're just subjected sword to all of this yeah I, I just remember seeing these commercials about how everyone needs to be healthier and like sh- sugar is bad do you remember there was an ad on nickelodeon it was about like watch out for sucrose dextrose and maltose anything that ends with os yeah. is gross they had like that ad like that. they totally had the ad yeah and like the way that i've described it to also listeners i'm not like putting my problems on all of you or katie i've been seeing professional help for a while nobody worry oh yeah yeah it's well under control that's why i'm able to talk about it but like i i kept saying to my therapist i'm like i think what happened and we think like after talking through it uh me and her is like i the media just hit the wrong person mm-hmm. or not the wrong person like the messages hit me in such a way to where my body chemistry went wow that's me i need to fix it yeah it's just like everybody has a com- like different combination of like the messages they receive from friends from their parents from social media from like their teachers and it's like if you end up with this like perfect combination of like bad messages mm-hmm. it can like really affect your life and everybody is affected like in a very different way because we all have very different lives and you just happen to have a very unfortunate like combination of messages being thrown at you well so did you oh yeah poor girl i know mm-hmm but i feel like that's kind of the the background of yeah. like what contributed to me being the way i ended up mm-hmm. there's a lot of those messages in high school and just to focus on like oh my god i have to be as healthy as i possibly can mm-hmm. because there's like there's no alternative and like yeah i think you know when you have an eating disorder people are like oh you obviously wanted to control something i think that's partly true um like i remember but i think it was way more of like a health thing it was one to find like the perfectionism about it yeah. Which you might be able to relate to. Yeah. As we're both kind of tried perfectionists sometimes. It's like, I wanted to find the exact right way to eat. No, yeah, that's interesting you mentioned that. Because I feel like with, like, podcasts I've listened to and, like, books I read about eating disorders, like, they do constantly talk about it's, like, your eating disorder is your, like, way of feeling in control of something. So it's interesting that you kind of have a different experience with that. And it's that, that wasn't really, like, the sole purpose of it for you. Well, right, and that's the thing. Like, it wasn't the sole purpose, and... For a while, everyone was convinced that it was. They were like, well, obviously, it's because you wanted control. And I think, again, maybe a little bit, but more than anything, it was, I want to be perfect. Yeah. I want to be perfectly healthy. Like, if everyone's ever seen Parks and Rec, like Chris Traeger, my mom joked for a long time, and probably still does, because it's kind of true, so, like, that I was Chris Traeger. Like, I wanted to be in the optimum health, like, exercise all the time, eat perfectly. I think that was more of the root of it than anything else. Not Chris Traeger, but like that drive to be perfectly healthy and just a perfect human. Because mm-hmm. I, I remember this one time I was like writing some stupid lecture paper for APUS history <laughs> at like two in the morning. And I remember like I wouldn't eat because I was like, well, it's after midnight. It's the next day. I can't eat until the morning. Oh, interesting. That um, was like a rule you had set for yourself. Yeah. Kinda. I made these arbitrary rules up. Yeah. Things like that. You can't have more than X grams of sugar. Like, just wild stuff. Um, but yeah, that's that's how it all happened. I think it's actually really interesting because your relationship with food, like, you talk about how it's, like, you wanted to be perfect and, like, you wanted to eat healthy. And I think that's also very hard because 
every single food there's like some message in the media that like that food is bad for you correct and so it's like there's no way to be perfect but except that you don't eat (laughs) yeah yeah because we never like we never received messages that like these foods are good for you and you need them to survive and like these will fuel you it was always like carbs are bad sugar is bad dairy is bad eggs are bad for you it was just like don't don't do this don't do this but we never there's not a lot of like positive reinforcement in the media yeah i think that's pretty true or or, you know if there was positive reinforcement it was drowned out and i think you know we've talked in therapy a few times at least about talking with our individual therapists about Mm -hmm. like we are designed to see the bad Mm -hmm. i think there's part of that involved too like we only see what we can improve Mm -hmm. what we can not do yeah and like one thing that's like very interesting to me right now is like i think with my personal journey like i never cared about my health Mm. i just cared about how i looked so it wasn't like i was like oh what foods are good for me it was like this is how many calories i should eat and then i'm done like doesn't really matter what food it is and i i mean that that's what i morphed into like so it, it started as the health thing and then as that took hold, the body image issues took hold, which yeah. have lingered and still linger to this day. The root of it was was health, and it kind of morphed into this, oh, okay, well, like if I'm healthy, then I'm going to look like the guys on screen. Like I'm going to look like Captain America. I'm going to look like all these celebrities that everyone is really into. I think there was a lot of insecurity based around that. I think it was very much like, oh, well, girls will like me if I look a certain way because mm-hmm. I was convinced they wouldn't. Like It was just things like that really contributed to that and it also contributed to harming other parts of myself where i was like well you know if i don't play video games which i love video games are sedentary so i can't play them mm-hmm. so i'm not gonna play them ever again and then girls will like me and then i'll be healthy and perfect ah uh, yes mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> flawless logic for like a 17 year old Matt, right oh man so so hard so i guess my next question mm-hmm. is we talked about like when you first knew that you're relationship with food was different Mm -hmm. was there a moment that you first realized that it was like damaging to you or that you knew it was a bad thing Ooh, do you have an answer for that uh i honestly don't think it was like until recently like very recently like i was counting calories up until like a year ago and i thought it was like totally normal and I think once I stopped, I started to realize, oh, that was not good for my mental health and that wasn't good for my body image. And it did more harm than good. I'm really proud of you. Thank you. For stopping. Thank you. It's big. Yeah. It takes a lot. When did I first know mine was a problem? That's a really good question because like a lot of the thing with the, you know, having had the eating disorder from 15, like I knew pretty early that it was an eating disorder. Like I never really told people. Mm-hmm. Like my parents didn't know. I think, when did I know that like this was bad? Like not necessarily like when you tra- started to seek help, but like yeah. when you started to realize like, like oh, oh, this, this is, is a problem. not a good thing and I shouldn't. Like what was it that, you know, like why didn't you tell your parents, you know, like you realized maybe. Yeah, I mean they knew that like I had, a, they knew that like I wasn't eating much. Mm-hmm. And they'd always try to be like, eat more, eat more, eat more. Because what else are they going to do? Like, they don't know any better. Yeah. But like, when did I know it was bad? I don't think even then I knew it was bad. Oh, I know it was. I knew I had a problem when I had gotten an Eagle Scout when I was like 16. And I went back to this a cer- a someone else's ceremony to be like a color guard or something like that. And my dad took a photo of me. Mm. And it was shocking. It w- I was like, oh, we took this too far. Oh, wow. Like, it was really bad. It was. I, I looked like... 
sick. Oh, no. And people commented, apparently. They were like, why does Matt look sick? Is he okay? Mm. Um, yeah, I remember that photo really well. And I was like, okay, this is bad. But there's just things like when when you when you know it's bad, it's kind of too late. <laughs> it's taking yeah. a mold and it's just going to have its claws on you at that point. And then like you don't want to recover is the thing. Even though you know it's bad. It's a weird, weird relationship. The only reason that like it got any better was because... I got to college and I started getting really into weightlifting and bodybuilding. Okay. And so I used it for that. So I was ex- I was obsessive about eating the right amount of food still. But instead of being like, I want to have 1,800 calories a day. Yes, I was six foot four and I genuinely ate like 2,000 calories a day. It was horrible. Instead of that, I was like, okay, I want to have 3,700. And like, I want to eat this much protein. I'm going to do protein powder and protein bars. And like, I was, it was bad. And then like, there were moments I'm not proud of in college where like, I sat in my room with measuring cups and mm-hmm. measured out the, the whole wheat pasta from VG's. Yeah, that sounds hard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's almost just like a whole different end of extreme. Exactly. For you. So I didn't fix it. And I think it, I had known it was bad by that point. I was like, well, I know it's bad, but I'm going to use it for good. I had this like idea that I was like Luke Skywalker. In <laughs> 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 no sense. Okay, so what eventually inspired you to go and seek help and want to get better Mm, it's really it's really dumb it's not a dumb answer but it's not dumb the real answer everyone you know me you know the answer to this question taylor swift taylor swift was the inspiration so i had seen a therapist throughout college not for this uh because my roommate in sophomore year was insane and like just was genuinely unstable we had to hide the knives from her under my bed Oh yeah, you told me about the story. (laughs) Oh boy, that was the whole thing. And like, I was seeing a therapist because I was really freaked out by the idea. And Mm -hmm. college was just hard, I think. And then I was seeing a therapist probably after college a little bit because I graduated in 2018, and it was fine. Like, you know, the therapist did okay. I think I was seeing her because oh, the eating disorder came to a head, of course, when I was hospitalized after we went to Thailand in 2016. Oh, that's right. And then why were you, you were hospitalized just because you weren't eating enough in Thailand? Yeah. Pretty much. Uh, I was, I was trying to be vegetarian in Thailand. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Don't do that. There's, it's not a place I'd recommend that. Um, it was, it was another ploy of the eating disorder to be like, I'm going to eat less because I'm going to play a trick on you. So yeah, they checked me to a hospital and I convinced them that I didn't have an eating disorder. I was like, no, I'm just malnourished. I just didn't (laughs) eat enough. I walked 12 miles a day, which is true. I did, but like, I also didn't eat enough. So I fooled Stanford. (laughs) Chips on them. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> do you think they actually were fooled or do you think they just like didn't care enough to fight with you and they were just like we're gonna get you better i think they regardless. were so they were focused on saving my life they yeah were like, we because so when i was checked into the hospital my heart rate was 28 that's really low mm-hmm. oh my god yeah it was really low so i think they were more like we just need to make sure you don't die less of anything yeah and like yeah we want to make sure you're mentally healthy Mm-hmm. They're like, we need to get you okay. Yeah. But anyway, so all this happens. Go through college, kind of okay. Like, you know, I get out of the hospital, the weight's back down, and sort of like putting around. I wasn't bodybuilding anymore because I got injured. And I was seeing a therapist probably once a week, once every other week. She was fine. Mm-hmm. She never did anything. Like, we just talked. Nothing ever got solved. It was really annoying. Did you ever talk to her about your relationship with food? Mm-hmm. Oh, all the time okay but she never really did much like we never got anywhere okay she had ideas but we never did any execution she never pushed she never we didn't click 
Yeah, that's hard. She wasn't like an eating disorder therapist. She was just like a regular. And yet, and it's funny because like she said she was, mm-hmm. but I never felt it from her. You know, some therapists, you have to click with your therapist and sometimes it's just not it. Yeah. So after just kind of half doing it for a long time, being like, all right, she's fine. I'm kind of recovered. Mm-hmm. Like I'm okay, but I still am binging on the weekends and I'm not eating much during the week. And like on the weekends, I'll, I'd have like a pint of ice cream and a whole pizza. Mm-hmm. Like it was just, it was bad. You know, I'd have these stints of rummaging through my entire cabinet and like eating all of it in my parents' house or wherever I was. Like I would just, and I was at night, I would eat at night only because no one could see me during the day. Sounds really hard. Yeah. It wasn't great. So through all of this, this goes on for years. This is even after the hospital. Like this still kept happening. I was watching Taylor Swift's documentary when it came out in February of 2020. Some of you might know February of 2020 as one month before the pandemic. That's true. That's what it was. Wow. Or maybe it came out in January. It came out really early 2020. It was called Miss Americana. And there's a scene in the documentary, if you haven't seen it, where Taylor Swift talks about having an eating disorder. And like, it's a seven minute segment or something talking about like her issues with food and like how she'd see a photo and get really freaked out how she'd you know be on stage and feel faint and feel like oh i should feel this way and what taylor was describing was like everything i've ever felt about the eating disorder mm-hmm. it was like she had this line where like you know if someone asked you do you have an eating disorder i'm not gonna say yes i just wrote down everything i ate that day but then you know in your head that's still a problem yeah and then she has a slime and she's like, she's like, it's better to look bigger than to look sick. And she says, if I eat enough and I, whatever the line is, she says, then I, I don't feel drained at the end of shows. Mm-hmm. The very end of the segment, she's like, she shows a photo of herself. She's like, this photo right here. And it's like her with like, she's wearing clothes. She looks like a normal person. She's like, this mm-hmm. would cause me to go into a spiral. She says, when it happens, she just, she says, we're changing the channel of our brain. We're just, we're not doing that anymore. Yeah. And I watched this. And I, it all, it just, I had this bomb drop in my head. It was the best way to describe it. Wow. And you were just like, did, like it made you feel seen and. Yeah. I was yeah. like, well, shit. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I, yeah, I feel seen and I feel like if she can fix this, I can. That's really cool. Yeah. I've always wanted to tell her that actually. One day I will. I don't know how, but I'm going to tell Taylor Swift somehow. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like getting emotional. I'm oh. like, that's such a, <laughs> such a nice story. It's a good story. I know. I'm like Taylor Swift saved your life. She did. Taylor Swift actually uh, saved my life. I do stand by that. And it wasn't immediate because I then went to my therapist and I was like, I want to recover. I'm done with this. I'm done. I want to recover. She's like, well, it's not that easy. And it's like, give me a. And she's right. It wasn't. And like, I tried to do it on my own at first. Mm-hmm. Concurrently, the world ended. That was yeah. fun. Yep. So, you know, for the pandemic, it was pretty rocky. It didn't go great. But I finally did seek help, got an actual dietitian in December of 2020. Wow. So it's like a year of like trying it myself and still binging and still having issues and still Mm -hmm. like it took a year until I was so fed up and angry. It got really bad in the pandemic. People don't know that, but it got really bad. Mm. Like 2020 february was like okay i'm ready to recover i didn't really do it until december there was many months in between there where it was the worst it's ever been mm. i just was really good at hiding it mm. yeah i took some late night walks i thought a lot of things that i'm not proud of but we're good now i don't know what to say it's okay it makes me so sad like <laughs> thinking about you being in such a bad place but but come december of 2020 
finally got a dietitian. She turned my life around in like three months. So what was that process like? Seeing the dietitian, going through recovery, like what types of stuff do you talk about? What types of stuff do you do? Good question. You talk about your history with food. You talk about like how it all started. You talk about what are your predilections towards food? What are your, you know, what are your goals? It's kind of like any therapy session at first. And pretty much right out of the gate, she's like, all right, so here's what the meal plan is going to be. Wow. And it's kind of uncomfortable because depending on your dietitian, like we did very much a thing based on categories of food. She's like, all right, we need equivalents was her thing. She's Mm -hmm. like, okay, so a bagel is like one grain, like one half a bagel is like half a grain equivalent or something. She's like, you need four grain equivalents per meal. Per meal? Per meal. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. No, she was like, she was gung-ho and she had to be like it was the right thing to do and she'd do things where she's like well how can you exercise so i was like well you know like if i could every day but it's a pandemic she's like okay don't do that wow she's like i want you to take a rest day so i'm like i'm never taking a rest day in my life yeah and she's like well today's the day and so we'd start with one rest day a week and then i'd be like okay next week two rest days and then three and just like kind of over time with changing these practices and giving me a meal plan she slowly began to turn my attitude towards things wow Mm -hmm. do you feel like there was anything in particular that helped the most the biggest thing that helped and the best advice i'd say to anyone therapist wise or food wise or whatever it was trust for whatever reason i felt like my dietitian knew me even just talking on the phone for 10 minutes the first time wow like i felt like she understands she gets it she recognizes it and she knows that I can be helped because like I told her on the phone when I first talked to her I remember this I was like I don't think I don't think anyone can fix this and she's like no we can wow and I, I believed her yeah and it was on it was that more than anything where it's like no she believes she can help and honestly this is really bad to say again but like it got really bad and I was like there is no alternative if yeah. I, I have to fix this or I I don't know what the alternative is mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> it makes me so sad <laughs> Yeah, it wasn't great. Yeah. It's better now, though. But I can imagine that trust is super important because I can imagine that it's, like, very scary going from, like, having such rigid roles in your life around, like, diet and exercise to having somebody tell you, like, something that's, like, you in your mind is, your mind has always told you, like, this is the bad thing to do. Like, taking rest days, like, that's the bad thing to do. Or, like, eating more, that's the bad thing. And then you really have to trust them when they're, like, this is actually good for you. And, like learning that it's like a trust the process thing because it's very it's probably hard to like do at first and like trust her on that yeah yeah it was and like you know i'd track it on an app and i'd send her photos of all my meals it was very it was every day she'd comment on them and be like you should have more you should have less truly for about three months it was we went once a week i sent her pictures every single day wow it was rigid that's that's amazing that she put all that time and effort into that it's shocking i yeah she will be coming to my wedding (laughs) (laughs) already decided (laughs) she's the guest of honor i'm crying right now i'm sorry it's okay okay you're the one that should be crying (laughs) this is about you it's okay Matt's the one talking about his vulnerable eating disorder story, and I'm here just like bawling my eyes out. Mm, poor girl. <laughs> <laughs> We're taking a break. <laughs> <sighs> I'm an emotional wreck. 
I think I just I love Matt so much and then sometimes mm-hmm. I think about him almost not being here and then I get sad and then mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm fine I'm fine mm-hmm. it's really the sweetest thing ever it, it is it is very sad but it's so sweet that you care that much I'm oh, sorry you went through all that yeah me too thank you you're welcome but it is truly like when I say oh Christine in my life I do like, it was it was night and day mm-hmm. it's just like the difference between 2020 Matt and now is just shocking like my attitude towards things is so much different my attitude towards exercise is healthier like how many times do I, how many times a week do I exercise now I think like twice. Twice. Old Matt would have died. <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe three times now. I'm eating meals and snacks regularly. I'm like sticking to, I'm still sticking to the, honestly, I'm sticking to the plan that she set for me. Yeah. And we check in every now and then, like every three or four months just to see how things are going. And like, it's not perfect. Could I weigh more? Yeah. But the difference of my approach towards things and like health and life is just, just day and day. Yeah. So recovery has been, you know ups and downs mm-hmm. like it's not perfect and i've got days where like oh i i ate too much at night again or i've got days where like oh i didn't have enough today so i should probably have more later and then you've got days where it goes great mm-hmm. it never really goes away they kind of describe it as a volume knob it just gets quieter or louder mm-hmm. do you have any any of your own experiences you want to share you don't have to oh but... yeah let's just <laughs> let's just get into that while i'm already crying <laughs> Ugh. What do I want to say to that? I think I'm just very proud of you, like, because I see you every day and, like, you you do, like, you stick to your, like, meals, like, and it's not like I have to, like, prompt you to eat breakfast or whatever. It's just, like, you, you're, like, very set in your routines. And so it's, it definitely, like, gives me peace of mind, like, seeing that you're, like, very fully functioning on your own and, like, mm-hmm. you definitely, like, put in an effort and I can see that. Mm-hmm. And... <laughs> No, and it's it's true. Like I do, I do put in that effort, and sometimes it's hard to remind yourself to. But again, my brain was like, "Well, there's no alternative. You have to do this." Yeah. You don't get a choice. Yeah, I'd be very upset if you something bad happened. No, that's that is the other thing. Is like it's never going to be as bad as it was. Mm-hmm. I've always told myself that. I'm like, there's no more hospitals. There's no more uh, freaky moments like that. There's no more bad mental health moments like that. Like all of that was a product of the era. Mm-hmm. And I've done so much like between the dietitian who honestly like was my therapist for about a year and my actual new therapist. Like I've done so much growing and healing since, well, technically the beginning of 2021. That it's just like, it's just, it's just night and die. That the person that, that that was is not gone, but the tendencies are so far and buried that it's just so different. Yeah, and I think, like, what's really reassuring to me is that, like, now you do have such a good support system. Like, mm-hmm. you have your dietitian, you have your therapist, you know, your family, me. And it's, like, when there are... Like, you've had times here and there where, like, oh, yeah. you're, you're having, like, a more of a bad day than a good day. Yeah. And, like... I can just be like, oh, why don't you call your dietitian and talk about it? And then you do. And then mm-hmm. she helps. Yeah, she's great. And so it's not like I'm constantly stressed of like, is Matt going to be okay? Because like, I know you are because mm-hmm. you have the help you need. And I feel like that's the hardest part is like building that support system. Yeah, it's been built and they've been active and they're, it's just been so, uh, 
massively beneficial and i've got more to improve got more to work on and change but it's a really slow process but it's a good process yeah it's good now i can go out and like just go to restaurants and eat food i split a pizza yesterday i would never have done that in my life we ate from a shared plate at dinner that would have killed me (laughs) (laughs) four years ago i I think my snacks are like fruit snacks and i don't know candy sometimes like it's just it's very normal. Yeah, it's I love very that. Good now. I love that we get to just be normal together. It's just a bits all the balance. Yeah. I want to be normal. I think it's really good too that like when I met you, I was in a place where I was like trying to heal my relationship with food because mm-hmm. I think had I come into this relationship like where I was like a year and a half ago, mm-hmm. I don't think it would have worked. That's probably true. Well, I guess for me too. Because like I read a book called Loving Someone with an Eating Disorder, and I think if you have someone in your life that's struggling you should read the book like everybody should read. i think everybody should read the book i found it so helpful and it also talks about like how to not give your kids an eating disorder and how to like approach situations i need to read that where was i going with this oh 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 oh! one of the big things that the book talks about and maybe this is like why i've put a lot of effort into like healing my own relationship with food is one of the things that the book talks about is if you really want to like be supportive of your partner with an eating disorder like the best thing you can do for them is like get your own shit together because like you don't want to be like adding to that the best thing you can do is like set a good example basically Mm. and that's like kind of inspired me to like continue to be better for the record when i found out katie read that book it was about six months ago yeah i cried he did i did cry you know i'm a pretty emotional person i cry a fair amount but like i've never had anyone do anything that nice for me in my entire life and like i already knew that kate I, I was that like katie was it before but that was the second moment where i was like yeah i've i've never had anyone be that sweet or that caring or care about me so much that they would uh like want to do that Aww. it was the sweetest I think, like, for anyone out there that loves anyone with any sort of mental health condition, like, the best thing you can do is, like, learn about it. Mm-hmm. Because the one thing about mental health that you really need to understand is grasping the idea that, like, you never really understand what the person's going through and, like, making it clear that, like, I don't know what this is like and you can't make assumptions. It's like, I don't know what this is like, but I'm going to try and learn what I can. Yeah. And listen is a big thing. Mm-hmm. So anyways, reading. It's good. <laughs> it is good. And like, yeah, just realizing that like your habits and your lifestyle, like it really affects those around you, like your friends. You pick up what your friends do. You pick up what your family does. You pick up what your significant other does. And if you're constantly like around an environment that's very pro diet culture or, you know, constantly talks about like looking a certain way, or that affects you. And so, like, thinking about how your actions are affecting everyone around you is something, like, it's really important. I'm constantly thinking, like, even now, I'll constantly make comments like, oh, I'm trying to fix this because I don't want to pass it on to my kids. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm already thinking about stuff like that. Oh, all the time. Yeah. Like, oh, I need to nip this in the bud before before all that. Yeah. They observe everything. They take in everything. They're smart. They're smarter than you think. Yeah. They're a lot smarter than you think. Okay, Matt. I feel like I've kind of given advice to, like, everyone. Yeah. But what advice would you give to somebody that's out there that's looking to start healing their relationship with food or maybe going through something similar to you? Mm. Um, One, it's not your fault. Like, you're okay. And you don't need to be a certain level of bad in order to want to fix it. It's a weird thing because kind of like with therapy, which I don't know if you probably agree with this, like you can tell someone to go to therapy, but they have to want to. Yeah. 
And honestly, with the, with any kind of relationship with food, if you want to heal it, you have to want it. You can't just have someone tell you to. Yeah. It's just not going to work, which sucks. <laughs> it's just, it'd be great if the, the doctors at Stanford could have healed me eight years ago. But until you want to do it, nothing will work. But when you do want to do it, don't do it on your own. Yeah. Find someone, find a professional because it's so much harder than you think. But when you have a professional with you, it's so much easier than you think. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's good advice. advice. And just honestly, stay off TikTok and Instagram. If you're on some sort of thing where you're seeing a lot of food and health, hit not interested on the video and reset the algorithm because it makes it so much worse, even for me. Yeah, that's I've I've received advice like that too, where it's like if there's anything on your social media that you feel like is triggering you in a certain way, don't say it. say you don't interested. Like our brains are hardwired to make us miserable, so we like to think that feeling bad about ourselves is motivating, but it's really not worth it. Yeah. If there's people that look a certain way that make you feel bad about yourself, if there's people that tell you you need to eat a certain way to be better and that that doesn't make you f- like anything that doesn't like uplift you really and make you feel better mm-hmm. just unsubscribe yeah you don't need to not hurt their feelings don't worry no one yeah. cares but that's kind of the food relationship story i know i feel like we'll have to do another episode on this because yeah. there's so much more to talk about there's more to talk about i hope you all enjoyed it it's a pretty dark topic but if you have thoughts and feelings on it if you're you know feel free to share them if you're having problems if you are struggling if you feel like you want to change something highly recommend seeking professionals because honestly best thing i've ever done saved my life yeah and if you need a good recommendation for a dietitian matt has one i do (laughs) but yeah thanks so much for letting us be vulnerable with you and listening to our story mostly matt's story but a little bit of me both our story we appreciate you and yeah we love you all Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in the next one. See you in the next one. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye.